Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone. I'm super pumped. This is Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. Welcome to the Self-Doubt Solution. And today, I have the plum pleasing pleasure of introducing a dear friend, and a very, very powerful woman, Anna Choi. She is an energy coach, Forbes author, TEDx speaker, and she does something which really sets her apart, which is she takes a stand. She takes, she takes a powerful stand for catalyzing a tipping point in global enlightenment. Yes, you heard that right. Enlightenment. We set the bar very, very high because that's what life is about. She's also been trained by two living enlightened energy masters, which I want to hear about. She's a lifelong energy student and has been working with Korean Qigong yoga, Taekwondo. She's also been in modeling. She is really someone who's so deeply faceted in so many different ways and today i'm just really excited to have this conversation with you anna welcome to the show oh thanks mario <laughs> so glad to be here thank you for inviting me i'm really excited anna before we dive into your story and into you know how you got to where you are today tell us a little bit what is it that you do how can you help our audience yes absolutely so you know how people have like a nonstop chatter in their mind, mm. they're super distracted by everything going on both outside and within. And, you know, they get depleted or just exhausted by the end of the day energetically. So we specifically help those high achievers, those conscious kinds of business leaders be able to, you know, calm the chatter and really cut through the distractions so that they can focus and more importantly, replenish and tap into boundless energy that's really available for anyone to become like mm. a child again with that boundless energy. Yeah. And that adds more, you know, peace and health and happiness in their life. Mm. And I, I love that. I, I love that. And, and as we're talking about that, I want to ask you a question. In your idea, what is the distinctive difference between a conscious and an unconscious leader? Mm. I love this question. <laughs> I don't usually get asked this. Uh, so an unconscious leader is uh, sometimes you might use the word woke or not, and that has its own whole school of sure. thought. But someone awakened or conscious, it goes a little bit beyond self-awareness to where you're aware, highly self-aware of all the areas that you have a big gap, let's just say. And someone unconscious is in reaction all the time and they're living life by default. And so there's no intention or consciousness to design life. 
as a creation. Mm. There's lots of ways to distinguish it, how people talk, if they're unconscious or conscious. It's pretty obvious. So if you're already conscious, like it's very obvious. You can only, you can, when you talk with someone, you can feel if they get what you're saying on a different level or not. But it's not like better than or worse than. Everybody has conscious or unconscious areas of life. So the same conscious leader could be very unconscious in a particular area of life, right? And in the coaching world, we'd call that blind spots or whatnot. But right. um, so there's no hierarchy here. And it is just a distinction of how aware one is in that yeah. area to admit yeah. where they're <laughs> Failing miserably, but then wanting to close that gap. Yeah, beautiful. I love that distinction. And I think it gives us a lot to play with today. So I'm going to dive right in. And by the way, for anyone listening now, I highly recommend to stay until the end of this conversation because Anna has a beautiful gift to offer to all of our listeners. And so, Anna, I'm assuming you weren't born fully conscious the way you are now. You went through a certain journey. You went through certain hoops and bounds, ups and downs, you know, all of the fun terms that we use to describe that. What, was there a time in your life where you faced certain difficulties that helped you get to where you are today? Oh, yes. I really love failure stories <laughs> or hardship <laughs> stories. In Let's fact, I was so addicted to them. When I wasn't having enough, I was sad. <laughs> I was like, I need something to overcome. The inner warrior was bored. So um, I wouldn't say, you know how some people have like a, a, a car accident or a death or some jarring thing, and that wasn't the case for me. It was subtle and pervasive. So by 16, I remember having, quote, unquote, attained it all, and you know, I was only in high school, but I had everything I wanted, not just grades, but I had a great, I had a great family. Honestly, I had a good childhood. Um, I had many scholarships. I was very popular. I was the president of school, like everything you can imagine, like socially, physically, emotionally was there. And I was still unhappy and empty. Uh, I actually grown, I had grown up in the Christian church. So I was even on leadership. I was doing homeless missions. I mean, I was like this quintessential person, but so empty, like something was seriously missing. And I was sitting in a car staring at the river and I was just kind of banging my head. I was like, is this it? Like, this is our, this is like what we do in life. Cause, cause this is not what I signed up for. And this is not what I want. Please take me all back to the cosmos <laughs> and to the stars. I just, didn't want to be here. And that was weird because what am I going to do? Go to therapy because my life is so good. Like it doesn't sound good. Right. I mean, it's not like I have something to overcome, Right. but that was nagging and gnawing at me. I mean, ugh, all my life. And, uh, it wasn't until really, honestly, I met my energy masters. I, I had moments of, um, enlightenment, shall we say, where you're, where you're in oneness. I can see lights, like all these things. Right. Uh, it's all love, you know, it's all oneness. There's no duality, but, um, those were fleeting. <laughs> I didn't know how to bring it up on my own and I wasn't conscious. I wasn't conscious of what that even was. You know, we call it moments of flow in coaching perhaps, but that's it. That's like that state, you know, that we long to stay longer in. So 
I was in Sedona at a meditation retreat and we went into silence for several days. And that's where I touched, I went so within that I experienced falling in love with myself mm. for the first time. And by this time I'm in my mid thirties at the retreat. So a lot of life I'd had my son who was, I don't know, toddler or young at that point and my husband and um, gone through a lot of life struggle and stuff. I did go through struggle. <laughs> there wasn't, it wasn't all peaches and cream. Um, and when I felt, and I felt that peace and infinite love, I, I was like, what is this? And I felt bliss. It was bliss. And I, before that I poo pooed bliss. I was like, <laughs> cause I'd never experienced it. Right. I was like, whatever, but it was bliss. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is bliss. And, and then I want everyone to have it. Right. So that's what I think began the, for sure, jump started my becoming a teacher or a healer to more openly. I mean, I always was, we all are, but, um, more publicly, I would say, than just a business coach um, at that time. And then, you know, years later, the pandemic hit, and that was an even huger, bigger opportunity to go within. And so I did, you know, 100 hours of meditation, 10 days in a row for 12 hours a day, just in silence, no talking, no speaking, no journaling, no exercising, no anything. <laughs> Wow, you have to deal mm. with your mind. Um, so that was through Vipassana um, and many other modalities. Uh, I think, Mario, you've done Vipassana too, no? I have not yet. My fiance oh, has done right. it, okay. um, so I'm familiar with it. It's it's okay. coming. Okay, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so that's where it deepened, and it just keeps deepening. Mm. But I, I feel like I – anyway, so that's that's how it feels – Maybe you'll talk later about challenges, but there are several challenges in life. Like at one point, I would say my lowest point was when, uh, is early thirties actually. And we were so broke. We were living off food stamps. Um, we had so much debt, like 70,000 bucks in debt and credit cards. We were desperate. I had to borrow money from my parents who didn't have the money. <laughs> I mean, it was bad and we were secret about it. We didn't tell anybody. Mm. So our friends didn't even know. So we were just, it's a whole facade. And it was very strange because on the outside, I looked pretty successful still. And, and yet this was happening. It's such a lie, right? It's the imposter stuff. That was one of, the, one of the lowest lows. And that in my desperation, right, we often become humble. And that was the point when one of my coaches was like, you got to go see Ma, which is one of my energy masters. Now that's an enlightened living being. And it's funny how that works, right? But totally humble, totally surrendered. Ah, help, right? And that's when they come. Mm. So... When the student is ready, the teacher appears, and um, yeah, that's how it works. Mm, amazing, amazing. And then uh, this is this is this is fascinating because you you're just mentioning you know there are no big challenges, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I used to live on food stamps, and I was like seventy thousand dollars in debt, which to me sounds quite a big uh, like a big challenge. And at the time, were you already a mom? Yeah. Okay, so on top of being a mom already, so. I can only imagine what that must have been like at the time. And 
I, you just. And I was a full breadwinner, I think, at that time, which was tough. But starting a business. So on top of that. Silly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I want to, I want to know, so you just touched on something. You said you were keeping this facade and I see this a lot. I see a lot of people. I have myself, I've done that very, very long. It's like, we're so afraid of the truth that we keep up this, this, as you call it, facade. And, and I'm wondering what is it that made you want to keep up this facade at that time of your life? I would say I was unconscious then. Right. So I, I was so um, embarrassed and ashamed that I couldn't even admit the truth of where we were at to closest friends. And just to, I wanted, you could call it, I wanted dignity, just didn't want to feel the shame and embarrassment publicly. So that's what kept me not sharing that and suffering silently alone. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's what kept me back. And it wasn't until I think there's an intervention with my closest, some of my friends and colleagues that were like, what is going on? You know, and they suspected. And when I shared what was really going on, they're like, oh my gosh, like what? And they gave me resources and help and all these, like, this is what was wild. Like, for example, we were doing, I, uh, it was when my son was like, I think I want to say three or four. And I didn't know there's such a thing as like financial aid for private school. We were putting him in a freaking private pre-K school when we had no money. It's like two, two, three thousand a month. Because wow. in my mind, I was all wacky. It's what I call like the infrared state. So if you think of consciousness and colors of the rainbow and infrared, and I'm taking this from one of my mentors. Uh, so give him, I like giving people credit where it's due, but <laughs> this is the wealth spectrum with Robert James Hamilton. And they, we, they talk about the lighthouse and there's, Infrared is like negative cash flow. Red is just breaking even. Orange is your positive cash flow, but you're dependent. You're in a job or you just have one client, like a contractor. And then you enter the yellow level, which now you have your own business generating profits. And then um, green is now you have a team, but you're, it's dependent on you at the yellow level. Like if you're on vacation, business stops. And then green is where you have teams running the company. So that's great. But then blue is multiple teams and streams of income. And then you enter another prism, which is the purple and above is like billions and and so forth. So in general, our consciousness can, can I like to say, be a reflection of everything in our life. Uh, and <clears throat> don't let that get to you because I, I used to just harp on, why don't I have more money? I should have more because my consciousness is higher. <laughs> There's the word the doubt comes in, right? But that you can't use it like that. It's just a general guideline. So don't, this is not truth. Take what empowers you and leave what doesn't. But um, so anyway, I was in infrared state and I find that in infrared state, you don't think clearly. <laughs> You're so desperate. Right. You'll make these huge, I, it's, I don't take on clients in infrared because they, even if they have money, because they'll, it's like they're so desperate that they make these huge moves. So they'll like invest thousands on a credit card or not. Like I see a particular behavior money-wise. Um, and not that I don't want to help them. I'll give them free things to, to work with until they get to a stable point to then mm -hmm. do the deeper work. But um, anyway, I was an infrared. So I was making crazy things like paying for things I couldn't afford. Right. And it turns out. It's just crazy. Like I could have totally applied and gone it all free. I didn't know that, hmm. but I didn't ask because I wasn't right. in that state of mind. So, 
so while you were in that state and you know now you have shared that shame and guilt were some of the things that you know that or your lack of feeling them was holding you back and i'm i'm curious because you said that you went to this enlightened master and now not everyone is going to have to, uh, to is going to make the time going to have the the resources available or just simply doesn't want to go to some enlightened master can you share what is it that you did there that helped you then move out of what you call this infrared light, uh, infrared light? Yeah. So it, the reason why, so I didn't have the money. I didn't have the resources. It was in Florida. I was in Seattle. I had to buy this plane ticket, pay thousands for the program. I mean, it was, it was a crazy move, <laughs> a desperate move. Sometimes the desperation can help, but, uh, I had daddy issues. I mean, in short, so my coach was like, look, you've done a ton of personal growth work. You still got, she didn't say it like this, but this is how I heard it. You've got daddy issues still. Go see Ma. Like that's, that's it. And I, out of, I had a hard time trusting people, still do sometimes, but especially at that point. So she was like the only, she was like one of the inner circle, like the only one I trusted besides my husband, right? And my kids. So I just, I just said yes. I had no idea what it was, no idea what it'd be doing. It was way too much money. And I just, I just did it. <laughs> I just went and at there they do this, it's called the journey of profound healing. And, um, you basically, I, I mean, you're around the actual, you know, I call her my ma, you're around ma the whole time in person. So you're just in that aura and feel getting the energetic downloads anyway, but you do your inner work, which is, excavating the roots of your primary relationships with your mom and your dad or who raised you and it's kind of like a dramatic play where you I mean I can describe it but you know you won't get it but you can try to imagine you say everything you've never said to them you go as deep as I mean to the anals the banals banals anals of your body and and what's in there still energetically and say and do and act out what you've just never been able to. And as you're doing that, she's transmuting it and cutting the cords right. of, of that. Yeah. So afterwards, and you do it with not just them, you start with them and then you, you do lots of other things, but man, what I heard that in that room is, I mean, mm. really traumatic stuff. Right. Mm. And uh, even though I had a really, good childhood, I would say overall, like we, we write our history, right? So I could, sure. I could skew it where it doesn't sound that way. <laughs> I'd be like, I was emotionally abused or whatever. But um, <laughs> anyway, but there was, there was, you know, all, all that aside, my, my dad was, you know, had peaked. I, he still doesn't, I don't think even acknowledge it today, but um, he was born in the Korean war. His first memory is getting bombed and flying South, you know, to Busan. So, wow you know, not having parents and they disappeared in North Korea and literally having no money in poverty for like the first several decades, you know, just, I mean, it's crazy. He has a movie life story. That's gotta like come out sometime. Right. So, um, whether it's epigenetic or ancestral trauma or whatever you want to call it. Um, cause my lineage, uh, each forefather on my dad's side was a very high, like either a minister, ironic, every other generation, or a high, like a politician or someone, you know, a very smart scholar. 
and because of that profile light and because they took a stand for different things, they were tortured either by their own people, Korean people, or by the communists, or by um, mm. China or ja Japan incarceration, all of that. Talking so, about trust issues. <laughs> Talk about voicing your truth and getting reamed for it. <laughs> anyway, so there's many like torture stories and um, I'm like, wow, that's my, that's my lineage. But all of that to say this present time, you know, I think that that showed up with my dad. So I got a yeah. little bit of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, so I understand what you're saying, all of it. And I'm pretty sure there are some of our listeners that will have some questions. So I want to dissect what you just said. And what I understood is, and please correct me if I didn't get it right, is one of the things that really help you move out of the survival state is to actually give voice to the things that you have buried unconsciously for so long. One of them being, what are some of the things that you never gave yourself permission to say about your parents? You know, and, and I, I can hear, and I can very much relate to that because my childhood was picture perfect. You know, there were traumatic things that happened, though, if you look from the outside, say, how can you even call that traumatic? That's not traumatic, you know? So it was picture perfect. But you and I, we both know that trauma, it doesn't, there's no, there's no label. Oh, this is traumatic and this is not traumatic. This is all subjective. So I did the same thing you did in a different setting. I did a past life regression and with, with a therapist and the therapist yes, yes. brought me back to when I was young and brought me back to a scene where I saw both of my parents fighting and they were in the, they were about to get divorced. And I totally forgot about all of that. And she said, what is something that you want to say to them? And I could literally feel myself getting this nod here and going like, mm -mm. and she said, this is your time, Mario. If you want to be free, this is your time. And I burst it out. And I said like, you know, all of the beep, 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 you know, just it all censored. And I just kept on going and going and going. And I cried and, you know, it was just, just an emotional, really like, like flooding coming over me. And after that, I felt so free, so, so, so free. And so I can resonate what you're saying is that giving voice to the things that you think are taboo. I shouldn't say that because my parents loved me so much. They gave me so much. I shouldn't be even thinking that. And then you have all the shame towards what you're thinking and feeling. And I really love what you're saying also about cutting the energetic cord, which if I translate it is sort of the emotional attachment to the idea of, oh, you're a good girl, as a good daughter, as long as you, you know, stay in the lane and behave. But it's like, no, you're your own sovereign being and you have a right to feel the way you feel and to think the way you think. So I love what you just shared. That was super powerful. Mm. So great. Thank you. Yeah, I was just thinking how it's the permission to say what you've never said. And um, my dad, it, it was redefining love as uh, reprogramming, rather, that mm. it, you don't have to share in misery or suffering to, to feel love. 
That's a very good point. And, and I've, I remember I had this conversation with a coach at a big seminar that you and I both went to, Landmark. Yes, yes. And, and I remember it so vividly because it was the, the topic was around compassion. And this one lady, she went up there and she's like, yeah, my, my, my family, you know, they're always fighting and they're suffering and I feel bad because, you know, I, I'm doing so well, I'm, I'm living a happy life. And, and then he asked her, I said, why do you do that? And he said, well, because I'm, I'm a very compassionate person. And she's like, would you think that giving more alcohol to an alcoholic is compassionate? And she's like, what, what do you mean? I was like, well, what you're doing is you're entertaining a story that is based in suffering. It's not the true story. The truth is you're happy. And you're tuning yourself down thinking that's going to make it better for them. But that's just pouring an extra glass of vodka to the alcoholic. Wow. And, he, and, that, and the whole place was just like, holy, what? And I was also like, damn, I'm doing the same thing. I often tune myself down when I see they're not doing so well. Or when they ask me, hey, how, how are you? And I'm like, great. I'm loving my life. I'm changing people's lives. I'm traveling. And I'm like, yeah, good, good. Things are good, you know? I'm like, what? So I totally resonate with that. Before we continue the conversation with my inspiring guest, I have a very special announcement to make. If you're a business owner, I have a feeling you started this journey because you want more than just success. You want to live a truly abundant life. That means having a profitable business to fund the lifestyle you love and create a massive positive impact. It also means having thriving relationships with people who inspire and challenge you. Being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy so you can have the energy to go after what you really want while truly enjoying the process. And being able to go on adventures that really make life worth living rather than just sitting behind your computer all day. So if you would like to be able to have this kind of abundance in your life, then I've just got the right thing for you. The Abundance Accelerator Academy is my new membership community where we host three monthly coaching calls that are focused on helping you improve your mindset, grow your business, and create the kind of freedom you want. There are also fun monthly community growth challenges that help you build new success habits, which you will need to access greater levels of abundance. All of this and more for just $69 per month. If this sounds exciting to you, visit www.abundanceupgrade4.me to learn more. And now, back to the show with my inspiring guest. I want to ask you, what is it that helped you in that process like this? Cause I'm assuming it's more than just sharing how you really feel. It's not just like, yeah, get it all out done. You know, like a lot of people are tied in the expectation of family members. And that translates directly to how they show, how, how they show up as a leader in, in their business. Totally. So is the question, how did I like, besides just sharing you're talking about when I was with Ma or just in general? Yeah, I mean, why don't you start, why don't you share a little bit more about Ma? Because I think it's very valuable to, to know more about the tools. And then also as you progressed out of that. Yes. So there's two. So, okay. So there's Sissing Name, which is my nickname for Il Chili, which is the other enlightened master as well. Mm. Um, and he he's the one that was the founder of Brain Education and... Um, 
the whole yoga tai chi korean that i'm part of that's all, all the physical um but spiritual still qigong tai chi uh blend of martial arts with enlightened brain education so mm. i had met him right at the same time <laughs> no accident uh not him directly but the work uh through i was doing an aura reading at a raw foods cafe you know and she said my all my my light was i had these bright purples and gold above my head but there's no green or blue in my body mm. and she's like you're you're just totally outside your body and i'm like yep <laughs> all the time so i was intrigued and started you know i was like well how do you get in your body she's like just start tapping i'm like tapping and i know there's eft tapping is a little distinct but it's body it's just literally stimulating your body um so that you can you know massage it or whatever to to bring the energy down and ground it so I began those classes there, but I was what I would call a bad student. And I did not, um, I came late, I left early, and then would complain about it in my head that <laughs> I didn't get what I needed. And so one of the masters there called me out and was like, Anna, are you okay? You're always rushing in and out. And I was like, no, I'm so busy. I'm so, so, so busy. And I was so burned out at that time. And he's like, you need to like, you know, give yourself at least like 15, 20 minutes a day. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's impossible. Do you know how busy my life is? Every minute is accounted for. I cannot wait. Like I would literally have four minutes to eat my pizza before I go lead or do something. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. And I was like, I was like, I could do five, maybe, you know? So that was like the start of where I was energetically. And, too busy making a difference in the world, burned out do-gooder. And um, so I did that, I think, for let's say 2015, so for about a year, and then I met Ma the following year. And once I came back, I didn't feel like a little girl anymore. I could talk to my dad like an adult and not be so, you know, before he could say anything, and I'd be gone for two, three days, tormented, and why do you say that? You know, the need for approval, all of that was so strong up until that late. Um, and it was gone. I could just, I'm like, I don't, you know, dad, do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I do. I, lots of love. I'm not trying to mm. cut him off prematurely, nor am I over obsessing. It just was a nice, healthy autonomy. And he didn't even remember what we, what the big deal was or what the fight was six months ago that had us estranged and not talking, right? At that point. <laughs> He's like, I don't even remember. I'm like, well, okay, then I was suffering in my own right. <laughs> but anyway, so I came back from uh, and and energetically something shifted. There's lots of tools um, of energy, right, to stay true to like I am Source, I am God. Like, I know that may seem blasphemous to some, but I to me at that point, having grown up super Christian and having left the church when I was like 20, that was. Uh, I was like, what? No, I've been growing up as a sinner, right? Like it was like very antithetical. And even though I'd left the church and didn't believe in that anymore, like I believe we're born whole, perfect, complete, but like it, right. it still was pervasive. I lived, I didn't live that way. So anyway, when I realized that I'm like, okay, I'm source. Then, um, I, it had, 
I just operated more consistently with that. So you were asking about Moss Tools. That's what I can say about that for now at that point was mm -hmm. I just had a new sense of my cosmic divine yeah. birthright um, and started taking actions consistent with that. And then um, life changed dramatically after that. So I was yeah. in a job that I didn't like or didn't know I liked, but I wanted for the um, – it was in that financial period, right? So I, I, but I had a job. We were just paying back arrears of debt, right? Because I had a nice job, actually, at a wealth management firm. Um, but it wasn't a match, and I knew it, and I knew it wasn't in my heart. So, oops, I get laid off um, within two weeks of coming back. Same day, which I never would have the courage to do it, so it had to go, come that way. You know what I'm saying? I would want the security. Mm -hmm. two week, that same day, I get a call for another job that pays like twice as much and they're not ready for me for three weeks. So I get like a three week vacation to start back up. Right. And anyway, it was like totally out of nowhere. <laughs> it felt right. Uh, two years later, we paid off all of our debt. We like maxed our retirement. You know, I started a new business became six figures right away. Like, I mean, all within two years, it was very fast that life turned around. We moved to a new home on the water, like all this stuff happened. So, I do attribute that to Ma um, and me in partnership, right? Co-creating, manifesting our life. Um, and then what happened is I also activated my work with Susanin, with Ilchili, my other master, in that I became a devoted student. So now I was coming on time and staying till the end. And mm -hmm. I was doing it three, four times a week, not just like once every other week. And so I was feeling the power in my body because we need that that's a really big tool is having the, the strength in your core. You have three main energy centers um, that correspond to your second, fourth, and sixth chakras. So being able to develop the Zhong Chung and the Qigong and the Xin Myung here, these are all different types of energy that emanate. So uh, most people are actually high, who are more conscious, have a high sixth and fourth maybe, but not not as much in their second, but other people are different. Everyone has different makeup. So right. by activating that, which is a lot of the work I do, um, in the body, which through the Qigong Tai Chi, it enables us to be a bigger, um, to be more open, to be able to embody yeah. light easier, yeah. which is pouring yeah. down on us all the time. It's just a matter yeah. of we're too tense and it just rolls off of us or right. not. Yeah. Wow. I love that. <laughs> and you said something which you just, you know, sort of, went on to like you know 2x speed and when you were saying it you were like yeah you know i used to be there i'm a sinner and now I'm, I'm complete and i think that's really the core of the message that you just brought forward because if i understood it correctly you're, you're saying this crazy shift within two years started happening when you realized that you are not broken that you are not born a sinner that you are whole and complete and I very, very much am right there with you because for me, the same thing happened. My life completely transformed when I realized that I'd never even cultivated this idea that, you know, you come into the world whole and complete or you come into it broken. I, I was totally unaware of it. And yet through my beliefs and my language patterns, what I confirmed was I am broken. I'm, I need to be fixed. And, you know, we both know that a whole industry of therapy is based on the notion of you're broken, you're wrong. Something needs to, you need to be fixed. 
And it just creates a whole life of suffering. You'll never, you'll never arrive at the destination that you want to arrive, which is completeness. So can you share a little bit? What is the mindset shift required for someone to A, realize that they're complete, and then B, embody that completeness? Big questions, Mario. <laughs> That's why we're here. You're like, what is enlightenment? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, as everyone's path will be different as to how they find both those things. So, as far as realizing one is whole and complete, I mean, from my client work and just my personal life experience, people might find it through a coach or through Tony Robbins or through a TV show or through a movie or through a book that just moves them and rivets them or through a life circumstance of crisis. I mean, anything is possible of how it comes and, and allow it. It's more cause, cause it is a remembering, remembering into, you know, cosmic source that we realize it. It's, it's, it's like we deep down know it. It's just a remembering and realizing again. So I would say in general, there needs to be some humbleness and openness to even be aware of it coming your way. Cause in one sense, those messages are constantly coming your way. But if you're too stressed, too down to the dumps, too victimy, whatever, you're not going to see it. So if you're surrounded by people or environments that allow that noise to sift away such that you can just remember and real less, less so than realize, but re- remember that you're whole and complete, it, it'll be natural. So that's my answer to the first one. <laughs> for, for embodying it, that's, that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, that requires work, like doing the work. And like I said, I'm a very big, many, you know, many paths to God, to consciousness. There's not one path, so I can only share my path, but that might not be your path. Uh, and for me, it was the body and brain yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong. So I had to get in literally physically into my body. Right. So as someone who's empathic, or I'm sure some of your listeners are this way, or healers or lightworkers or conscious business leaders, whatever realm you're in. If you, your mind is in hyperdrive and you, literally your awareness is outside your body all the time. Good luck, right? That's where most people start is complete unawareness that they're not even in their body. Like they don't even know what that means because they haven't felt it. You know, if you're in your body on a basic level, if you just feel tension or pain or stress, like you can feel it. And most people are numb to their body initially. So there's like stages of embodiment. So first stage is numb. Second stage is pain. Like you, 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 but this is good news. You know, there's a saying we say of um, feeling worse, your condition's better. (laughs) Now you're aware, right? You're not surprised. The lights are on. You're like, wow, there's a lot of junk in this closet. Then you do the work of taking the junk out. 
which is the exercises, etc. And you sometimes cleanse and purify your body such that it's like more painful initially. Uh, I remember my first class looking at all these eight-year-olds, or not eight-year-olds, but seniors doing these like limber rollbacks and legs up. And I would, it was just a simple L posture. Like imagine being on your back with your legs straight up. And I'm like shaking. <laughs> my legs are just shaking. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so painful. I can't stand this. I couldn't even do a minute. We're sitting here for five minutes. How can we hold this? And I'm looking over and they're all at peace and calm and perfect. <laughs> like seven year olds. And I'm sweating. I'm like, they're not. So I'm like, what is going on? So that's what got me in my very first class. I was like, we're doing these no pretzel poses, just super simple, very simple things that are clearly tapping into energy meridians. And why am I sweating as a young person and having a hard time? I'm so stiff and here they are limber. And I was like, I want to be like that. So that's what, what got me. That's part of embodiment. That's like the third stage of, of doing the work is purifying mm. all the crap inside. And the fourth stage would be like, you, I mean, you're always purifying so that never ends, but you get the big stuff out and then you keep going deeper and deeper. And so it's more of an intermediate to advanced space where now right. you're doing suhang, we call it, some you know, cultures called sadhana, but you're doing the daily work in your morning routine, evening routine. I do 103 bows, which are like prostrations. And by the 60th bow, you know, you can feel the energy leaving your body and your hands get cold and then you heat up and your core, your second chakra heats up. Um, and so after you do it for a while, I've done it for like hundred days in a row, etc. You can go for a thousand days, whatever, to build trust with yourself and build your word. And you don't have to do bows. You can do really any exercise, but there's certain energy exercises that'll cultivate it more. Um, once you have the discipline, that's like stage four, right, of the intermediate student, then you, the fifth is mastery, and that's where you keep, you're doing the practices, but you're deepening them, right? So I've had to continue to deepen. So yeah, I do bow. Like before, I couldn't even do 21 bows. I started there, and I was keeping track of it, and after four days, I would, not do it and I just couldn't even get like to 21 days in a row yeah. yeah it was that's the work right yeah and now it's like I know I could do if I put my mind to it 49 probably harder to do 100 days in a row of bows but now I do an hour of meditation every day too plus I do my mindset work video visioning and then I do this brain illumination from Ma that activates with my quantum body all my cells and everything so I just keep deepening it um but that's like in the, I'm not, I don't feel like a master at all. I feel like a perpetual student, but I would just say in that advanced stage is when you're teaching others, you, you know, you're, it's just constant, constant delayering. It doesn't end until mm. one day you're late. <laughs> mm. Or you remember, you, you embody all that you already are. It's less about getting there, right? It's right. not getting there. You already are. It's like coming back home. It's beautiful. And, 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 what you said about the energy centers and how you got there and your limbs getting cold and the energy centers heating up. I personally don't talk a lot about energy and energy centers. I'm aware of these things. You know, my fiance is more involved in it. So I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very familiar with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And interestingly enough, even though I never really go there myself, I can feel the same. When I do breath work, like I can feel when I used to struggle for years with my lower back, Yes. lower back. And 
you know, to the point where I had a slip disc for one and a half years and I was in chronic back pain, 21 years old, like excruciating pain, hardcore. And I went to four different doctors. They all did something different and it just became worse. And the moment I opened up about the guilt and shame that I was feeling in my life and I gave voice and I allowed it to be seen, my back pain diminished by maybe 80%. Spiritual, it's it's those energy centers down there that are, you know, guilt and shame is where it stays. And as I started bringing movement to that, as I allowed that to, you know, to be processed and to move up and eventually to get to give it voice, I've never gone back there, you know. And I was at the point where the one of the best surgeons in Germany, who's written books and articles and all that fun stuff, told me, It's like, this is really serious. We need to perform surgery on you. And I was 21. And I said, dude, screw you. No way. No Thank way. Thank goodness you did and did not, yeah, just exactly. go along with doctor knows my body better than my body. No. Exactly. No. And 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 so this work, whether for our listeners, whether you believe in energy or you don't, this comes from someone who has been a decade-long skeptic of all of this. This stuff works. And I experienced it working before I even understood what was even happening. Then I started reading. I was like, oh, this is what, oh. So I connected all the dots. So what you're saying, and I'm 100% there with you. I think it's extremely important that, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because what is the one thing that is required of entrepreneurs? Ongoing high levels of consistent performance. If you want to make a change happen in the world, you need to be able to consistently perform at the highest level. So if, if I take your example, you just said that you meditate, what, like one or two hours a day, you do your mindset work, you do envisioning work. I'm assuming that's takes, that's, that's a lot of hours in the day that that requires, you know, and that is the opposite of the hustle mindset. That to me is a, is oh, a yeah. quality, quality mindset. Now you're making time for those routines, you know, same as me. I take, to, I take about two hours every day for my routines. And, and that includes meditation, breath work, uh, different kinds of affirmations, incantations, you know, uh, I lie on a needle bed several times uh, during the day, you know, like I, I pray in my own way to source to the divine and my life is changing in drastic ways. And it's so beautiful to see someone like yourself to really embody this work. So, and I got two more questions I want to ask you for the sake of time, want to honor your time as well, is, you know, you've shared a lot with us today, great stories. And, you know, I can see that even though you say that you are a student, which I love compared to most people, you're at a way higher level of mastery. And yet I would love to know, is there still something that you are struggling with that you find challenging? Like if that's so, what is the way that you approach that? I'm like, all the time. <laughs> I have no qualms about that. I truly thank you for your, your acknowledgement. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say I'm surrounded by supermasters. So I just feel so inept all the time. Mm. But um, I mean, some of them can do like supernatural things, right? So not that that's what matters, but I'm just saying. So um, I struggle. I, I, trust is a thing for me still. Um, mm. I've just, I don't know if it's because I've been burned a lot or I don't know, but, and usually it's always, it's always funny. You're burned by the people like closest. It's not the strangers that are naysaying you. It's someone that you had an intimate relationship with that, you know, whatever. So, 
I, um, in building a team, uh, I've had, I've hired many people, uh, on my team and some of them have stayed for many years or not. Right. And part of it, I realized is just the cycle of it. People come and go, right. Anna, stop being attached to one person becoming your lifelong, you know, team, mem team member that helped <laughs> think of it as temporary, but not treat it as temporary, but you know, right. not be attached. Um, but that continues that that's the thing I'm at really focused on right in this particular moment of time is building my team and, uh, you know, devoting my heart still and knowing I could get my heart broken, you know, it's that same phenomena, even if it was for a romantic partner or not, um, in the business. Cause I know I'm at a point where it's funny. You can actually scale quite largely. Like if you're, just you and maybe a, a VA, right? You can do that. But I just, right. I don't know. In my bones, it's at a point where I just know I need a, a team. And I have like three or four regular contractors, but like a real team that's like local, by my side, that kind of team is what I'm, I had struggled with that I'm, I'm at I work on now, just trusting it's all going to work out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And just do it anyway. And the other thing is, um, Not letting, I have such a strategic business mind. I have a lot of brain patterns that way that get in the way of spirit and source mm. guiding me. So I'm pretty good at like surrendering it when I need it, but as a day to day practice of discerning when that's getting in the way. So if we're doing a campaign or a launch, my brain just goes, you know, as an event organizer, I just want to back, you know, back work it. Not that that's bad to do. I'm just saying it's like it goes into hyperdrive with that stuff. And it gets me stressed out and then instead just allowing source while still taking action, right? Because it's not the yes. other extreme that I've seen many people do. Oh, law of attraction, just wait around or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, do the work. But I tend to be the other extreme <laughs> so, mm. as a performer, right? Uh, right. So that balance, I'm, I'm pretty good. The pandemic taught me big time how to really let go of all of it. So coming out of that now, I feel pretty, like, there's some foundation there. But yeah, just day to day in my, I just want to feel the elixir of being alive every moment, Mario. I hear you. And, 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 okay. and <laughs> I acknowledge you for being so open because I've seen a lot of people, especially in the spiritual industry and realm that then... You know, I am perfect. I am divine. I have nothing more. I'm pure. I've transcended my ego. And I'm like, oh, I smell bullshit. Is that you? Yeah, it must be you. It's coming right from here. And so you're often poor. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> so I, I love, I love that. You know, I love that. Is that you're bringing in the whole, the wholeness of it all. You know, that's that's the ups and the downs, the sides and the the the, the spiky and the soft, the, the, all of it. And that just makes makes you beautiful. And so I have one more question. And you've already shared a lot about the people that you have met. And I'm curious if you could spend an hour of time with any human being, alive or or passed on, doesn't matter. However, it's someone that you haven't met because you, you have met some crazy people. Who would that be and why? Dalai Lama. Ah. 
I do think in a past life I was a Tibetan monk, so I have a very big affinity. And when I traveled there in 2019, it's the first place they did not question. And they talked to me in the local language. Hmm. In Korea, I'm Korean, 100%, with like a teeny bit of Japanese. But <laughs> they, they, they know I'm American. And here I was with my American group I was with, looked, dressed, spoke, but they all thought I was Tibetan. Anyway, I have an affinity. So the Dalai Lama is who I would meet because mm. of what they've suffered in basically the incarceration, not even incarceration, the obliteration, genocide, whatever you want to call it, of, of um, their culture for 70 years yeah. and in exile and still continues today. Uh, so in the face of that chaos and that suffering, he has been still a light and he can cry for like the most atrocitous thing you might hear and then laugh in the next moment. And that level of freedom intrigues me completely. Um, it's a toss up between Dalai Lama or, or Yogi Nanda, but yeah. <laughs> Great choices, I would say, very much so. So as we have promised at the beginning of the show, you did mention that you have a free gift for our listeners. So before we wrap it up, I would love for you to share with the listeners, what is it that you have for them? Yes. So we have um, a Soul Joy Masterclass that is five sessions, 45 minutes to an hour each. And normally that's about 300 bucks. But for those listening on the call today, I'm going to give it to you in gratis. Really? I yes. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> how how do we how do we get a hold of that? Uh, I'll give you the link. It's it's anasanchoy.com forward slash soul s o l no you s o l joy j o y masterclass. And you can just sign up there. There's a part, there's a free sign up for people who are Bellwether members already. So if you're not a Bellwether member, I'm giving you access to that same thing, which is no financial cost. Um, would appreciate you attending every class. And if you get value providing a testimonial review on Google and LinkedIn. But other than that, um, I will offer that. For your listeners today. Yay! Amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you take um, part in this opportunity because Anna is amazing. She comes packed with uh, light years of uh, spiritual downloads and experiences and a connection to source and joy that will really brighten up your life. So, Anna, thank you very much for joining us today. Final question for you Is there anything that you would like to? let our listeners know some something from the heart be you very simple and yet profound the more you get this the more your life will transform in the most beautiful facets anna thank you so much for joining the self-doubt solution I had a lot of fun with you. Uh, very interesting conversation. And I look forward to more. Excellent. Thank you, Mario. This was just a joy to be with. Thank you. Beautiful. All righty, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Self-Doubt Solution. This is Mari Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. I will see you on the next episode. Have a beautiful rest of your day.